1: Hello and welcome to another edition of the DTF Podcast. It is the Doster T.O. and Phantom Podcast. We are live right now. It is Monday, November 28th, 9.57 in the a.m. Eastern, uh, Eastern Standard Time, the only legitimate time zone. Uh, we are uh, fresh off of what was one of the best sports weekends I think I can ever remember. We had World Cup. We had college basketball uh, noon until 2 a.m. We had two days full of NFL football. We had a Saturday with one of the biggest college football games that you are ever going to see with Ohio and Michigan State. Uh, Ohio State, and I almost said Ohio and Michigan State, Ohio State and Michigan, <laughs> it was, uh I was, if you really wanted to, you could wake up at 5 a.m. and be up until 2 a.m. every day for the last four days and be watching good actual sports that I cared about, right? It was an unbelievable weekend to throw in the fact that you also got to celebrate Thanksgiving, which to me is the single best holiday on the calendar. You had Thanksgiving leftovers. There was no reason to not start drinking at like 10 a.m. It was Unbelievable, I had so much fun over the course of the last four days And now, I get to talk about it with you two gentlemen So, John Fanta, T.O. Terrence Oldsby, how are we doing guys? How was your weekend?
2: Oh, terrific, Thanksgiving was a resounding success Deep fried turkey is the only way to do turkey Thanksgiving was awesome, glorious, all the above You're right, It's it's it always delivers the goods And this week always delivers the goods Now you compound that with the World Cup, and with Ohio State-Michigan in an epic game. I know Ohio State fans are absolutely ticked off and want to fire their coach. I have so many takes on that. It's good for the rivalry that Michigan has finally, finally been able to answer the Buckeyes. And Jim Harbaugh lost five in a row. Credit to Michigan for sticking by him when no one thought they should have.
1: Well, they tried to get rid of him. <laughs> they, they tried to send him off to the NFL. They cut his pay in half. <laughs> it's, it's Didn't a that's what we did to TO like he to came out with some bad takes. We're like, yeah, TO, we're cutting your pay in half. You got <laughs> right. to you waivers waivers.
3: Right. We're sending
1: you are off to the Ion College basketball podcast. You're not here on field of 68 anymore.
3: <laughs> How you
1: doing, man? How was your Thanksgiving? You
3: were in the It Mamas. was good. It was good. I was down at the battle for Atlantis. I feel like I've said that a billion times, but it was awesome. And not only that, the Butler, I want to say Butler BYU game wasn't the most glorious game. So I actually got to go and eat Thanksgiving dinner with the family. <laughs> So, um, there was no point for me to really stay there. So ended up going in, and I know this is going to sound crazy, but it's so good. The, uh, the buffet at some of these big resorts are so good on Thanksgiving. They're insane. Now, was it a home cooked meal? No, it wasn't, but it was still as close as you could be without being mammals cooking. And I don't have that, 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 uh, ability to have mammals cooking anymore. So. It was the next best thing. We had a terrific time. The kids had a great time while I was down there watching games. And and you said there were a bunch of other games. I didn't watch a single other sport. It was all college basketball all weekend. It was a great weekend for college hoops. But we're, we're full go now. All gas, mm-hmm. no breaks at this point. We're full go. There's no more warm-up week like we had at the beginning of this season. We're right in the thick of it. And it, it it's performed to where we thought it would. It's been that good.
1: Yep. I had a... Uh... Yep. So no in my office, I have two flat screens on the wall. Mm-hmm. I have a 28-inch monitor that I connect to my laptop. Um, and I have a 32-inch monitor on the, the desktop that I have, right? So I have four big screens when I'm sitting in my office and I can put pretty much anything on. But during Thanksgiving, like I didn't I didn't want to be stuck in my office the whole time, right? So I pulled the apple tv from upstairs and i set it up in our in our main room i pulled the apple tv from my office and i set it up in the main room i had bought two extra tvs down so like the way that my living room is set up is you have the big tv on the wall and there's two little built-ins here that we use to store like kids toys and i just set the tvs up on top of that and my wife on thanksgiving morning came down and um she walks in and she's like do we really need three tvs in here and i looked at her dead in the eye and i said yeah <laughs>
2: Thanks
1: and she was just like god bless you one wife. of these she gave me one of these with the eye roll but like hey look you know what her her dad loved it when he was down here my son is like he's all locked in on sports now so he was sitting there watching the games with me we That's had the awesome. uh, the usa england game on and like my son had like his usa t-shirt on my daughter had on her red white and blue stuff it was uh so we, we turned it into a whole event it was all i like i had so much fun this weekend i, I wish we could do and it now
2: you're wearing a T-shirt that says "trophy husband," mm-hmm. which yes. is it's, it's an name.
3: oxymoron.
1: Yeah, that's another no, eye roll. Do you that's know who? Eye roll. Yeah, but do you know who bought this shirt for me?
2: <laughs> My you. wife.
1: So that's proof that that's proof that is probably true, right?
2: Right. Exactly. Right. She wants. She she knows that you've said this to her before, so now she's getting you a shirt because she doesn't want to be reminded anymore. No, <laughs> I, that's that's a good shirt. That's a good shirt. It was a great weekend, and it was a terrific Sunday, mm-hmm. and we learned about these teams. We learned about these teams more than we had two weeks into the season, because guys, there's something to be said about. Everyone's always like, well, you know, this, this is NCAA tournament. Like, well, it kind of is, but it, it actually isn't. You know why? You have less than 24 hours. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. literally playing and, and, and hoop it again. You're pl- And I actually think for some of these teams, some of these teams are better suited to just get right back on the floor and play, rather than like have the window of time before their next game. And I think that's what we saw. You, you, when you tip off a game, and Terrence, you know this better, better than I do. Like if you're in a rhythm, you just want to keep playing, you're right? And, and I think for some of these teams, this past week, once they got into a rhythm, and we're going to get to those teams, they were a freight train. There's nothing stopping them. They probably all want to play again. Despite having to travel home. So I think I think this past week was was revealing. It does show preseason polls, guys. You can throw them out the window for the most part. I mean, you really can. You you,
1: you Yeah, can. I mean you, you can, but I think a lot of what we saw this week is stuff that we kind of foreshadowed a little bit. Like Duke, Duke took a couple losses. Well, how much did we talk about how they're gonna take their lumps early on in the season? Right. I think we kind of saw that one coming uh North Carolina a lot of us were like yeah this is the same team we kind of got to rank them number one because that's the way that we do these things but you know I don't know if they're necessarily perfect right like it's not I think the surprises are less who's not good and more like oh wow yeah we probably underestimated a Matt Painter team we probably underestimated what UConn could be we underestimated Arizona we're going to talk about all that um I know we
2: foreshadowed but I know we foreshadowed but I, I mean I will say three of the top four preseason teams are all the furthest thing? They're just not top four teams. Right oh, now.
1: we're gonna we're, we're gonna get I'm into just, that. Yeah, no, all... I'm
2: just saying I, you could foreshadow it all you want, but at the end of the day, that's where those teams are ranked in the preseason. Fair. And so, yeah. like, so the casual fan looks at that and it's like, eh, Carolina's really good. Even Houston, guys. Houston beat Kent State by
1: five. They were they were down with less than a minute left in that game.
3: They like, come on! Isn't
1: Kent State really good in the MAC though? Yeah, Kent State's good, but their best player, Sincere carry shot two for twenty-one in that game.
3: That, that's Harris. why you where do i know that, that name
1: where, i know that name he's because he's good Like he's a good major player was he somewhere um,
3: else before before last year
1: no i think he hit a game winner last year in a, in a tournament game or something like that, that
3: might be but 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 goes back to my theory you know probably happened you probably heard sean paul
1: talking about him is what it probably was
3: that might have been it. but that goes back to my theory about a bunch of teams in middle america who just are old Yes. And a bunch of high majors are trying to figure it out. Now Houston doesn't necessarily fall into that category, but the MAC is a tough league. The Mid American Conference, full of old, old gritty dudes, except for Eastern Michigan, like a bunch of old gritty teams, and they're going to give teams fits in the beginning of the season. Yep,
1: yep, so. that's it. That's here's a uh, To's take on how Midwest hey, quick basketball cheer. Hey, is completely quick overrated.
3: Quick cheers! I know we're not. I know we're not. And I, and I have my dad mug here. But quick cheers uh, to not only we got done, my lemur mug. We did the we did the cheers last night, and I, and I should have done this, and I didn't think about it. But cheers to Doris. all the players that were at the.
2: <laughs> I got a Doris Burke bobblehead. I don't have any glasses cheers. So-
3: <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic bobblehead. There cheers is, to man. the players at the Maui, because um, I'm trying to get my son into it, and I'm trying to get my kids and, and everybody into it, and kind of understand the energy and how fun it is, and. Man, they, my son had an autograph book, and he got almost everybody from Tennessee. He got everybody from NC State. He got everybody from BYU. He got NC State and BYU at the airport, and they were so sweet to my kid. Like, they don't understand now, because I didn't understand when I was like, you try to be nice to everybody, but you don't understand how big of an impact like you make on some of these little kids. So good on you. Oh, like good. Continue to no, no, do that. Good. It is he's huge. A- continue to be good to these little kids, because it's it shapes their existence. Moving forward, like it's awesome. Like, cheers yeah, the cheers to those teams. Yeah, and those guys don't have to do it either. They don't have to do
1: things. Like that. Um, they don't have BYU, to UIU
3: Spencer Johnson, who I hope he's healthy. I don't know if he is or not, but he he hurt his knee. But like he was super sweet to my son. And then he uh and then not only that, he made his teammates sign it. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> You're gonna do this. So God bless all of you. That was I thought that was really cool. It was really sweet. My son loved Sandy Vescovy. Like took a picture with like with, like just awesome like so appreciate you guys who do that stuff.
1: Yeah, the, they it's it's really cool when players do not just at the college level at the pro level guys that mm-hmm. really don't have to do stuff like that go out of the way and understand that it um, like you, you he made a, a fan for life, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, your, your son's never going to forget that. No, never. Yeah. Kind of yeah. like he
3: didn't forget Jabari Smith last year.
1: Yeah, there like, was a there was a video that went viral over the weekend of. Some kid that was a Steph Diggs fan got to a, a Buffalo Bills game like two and a half hours early and was sitting right along the the wall and said, Steph, will you play catch with me? And Steph Diggs walked over, grabs the kid from the stands, brings him on the field, and goes out there and plays catch with him for like five minutes.
3: Changes the kid's life. Like, like yeah. changes his outlook never, on
1: sports. Like never it. never gonna forget that. You got a fan for life. Yeah. Steph Diggs can do literally anything, and that kid is gonna fight for him forever. Probably on the internet, on YouTube comments and you know, on Elon Musk's Twitter.
3: Uh, but but that's that's one of the cool things about like some of these smaller MTEs. Like when I say smaller, like are in proximity, like like in a battle for Atlantis, you see the players just walking. Like all the players are in one location. You don't have to bus anywhere. It's all right there. And so you see the players like in it walking through the casino to get to the games, walking through the shops. Like it's a cool place. If your team goes, whoever's listening, if your team goes, you need to go. It is really, really cool. Sorry, yeah. sidetrack. Got emotional. Got well, my here, I want right to. I do. This actually
1: brings up a good point because I think the PK eighty five, like the Invitational Legacy in the Women's mm-hmm. tournaments, awesome concept. Love what they did there. The only problem is it's Portland. Yeah, and it's that's not like a destination. All I, look. All due respect to the people of Portland. This is not a shot at your city. You're not Maui. Portland. You're not, you're not the. You're not the Bahamas, right? And they there's these these teams or these uh these tournaments have a hard enough time getting people to show up to like the Cayman Islands or to Jamaica or to mm-hmm. Cancun or to all of these other beautiful destination places um to to, to watch their teams play you know it's it's going to be hard to get people to go to portland and spend that money to travel there and fill up 19,000 seat arenas for four straight days over thanksgiving like that's yeah, that's, that's a big ask so the only problem i have with that event is that it very much felt like we were once again like playing in a bubble because there was just no atmosphere there. And the downside, as much as we love college basketball, so much of what makes college basketball special is like the actual environment. It's less what's happening on the court and more what these kids are playing in. You know what I'm saying? You're never going to the, the highest tree. level of basketball in college basketball. It's the it's the pageantry of it, and that's the one downside. Uh, before it's the John this- Fantas
3: of the world that make college basketball so good. Yes, exactly. And I say that in all sincerity. Like it's the John Fantas of the world. It's the cheerleaders. It's like so much fun around the game. It's not just the product. Now you got me imagining
1: John Fanta dressed up as a cheerleader. cheerleader. I think we know what John Fanta needs to be for no skirts, uh, for no skirts, Fanta, <laughs> um, Fanta. The before we get into the overreactions, Big 10 ACC Challenge news broke this morning. I think it was Andy Katz that uh that broke the news. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the ACC Big 10 Challenge is pretty much dead. The writing was kind of on the wall for this. The Big 10 is not part of the ESPN uh family of networks anymore. Um, it looks like it might end up being like an ACC SEC Challenge, yeah. and hopefully, yeah. the Big 10 and the Big 12 mm-hmm. will smarten up and create a challenge of their own. If they do it right, it'll be this week right after Thanksgiving when nothing else is going on. Load up those Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday slates. Make it happen. Uh, Your take on the death of the ACC Big Ten Challenge.
2: Well, it's certainly unfortunate, and it's one of the effects of changing landscape with conferences and whatnot This had to happen with just what's going on with the Big Ten. The Big Ten is basically going all in on – on Fox, on NBC Peacock. There'll be a lot of hoops on Peacock in future years. And then you've got the CBS element to it as well. By the way, with Peacock college hoops fans, Gonzaga Baylor Friday night in South Dakota, that game is on Peacock. That's Peacock's debut for college basketball. So that's an interesting. So we got to
3: buy Peacock in order to watch that. Happen.
2: Yes, you do. Okay. Landscape changing folks. I'm sure mm-hmm. you got thoughts on that. So, Look, it it's obviously unfortunate because this challenge has has been awesome off of Feast Week for these teams to play marquee matchups. You're going to get North Carolina, Indiana this week. You're going to get Ohio State and Duke. In a normal year, under different circumstances, we'd be talking a ton about Illinois, Syracuse. I'm sorry, Orange, we're not talking about you because, frankly, you stink. The, the thing is... Like, this is all part of the times. I, I don't think it's, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to be able to live, you know, the the, the Big Ten ACC. Cha- the fact is, the ACC just has not been very good. It, it hasn't been very good. And and as much as it's unfortunate, like, they'll move on here. They're going to figure things out with an ACC-SEC. It makes perfect sense. Here's the deal, folks. A little bit on the conference challenges. ACC-SEC challenge makes a lot of sense with with the ESPN element to it, both the SEC and ACC have networks through ESPN. They could build each other up all week long.
3: That was just announced. Do you, yeah, you, you know that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
3: literally just announced. Yeah, yeah sorry.
2: Yeah, so that, make, that, that makes sense. The Gavit games between the Big Ten and Big East, that contract is up. It's up after next year. Hmm. So the Big Ten has kind of been in a stare down there. They haven't moved much. Because the Big East television contract is up two years after this one, guys, with Fox. We'll see what what happens there. But this makes a lot of sense for the Big Ten and Big 12 to unite. Mm -hmm. Because they're going to have the same rights partners. The Big Mm -hmm. 12, it's been reported Mm -hmm. the Big 12 has made an agreement with Fox Sports for some sort of sector, and basketball is included in that. So it would make sense for Big Ten and Big 12 to meet. You're probably going to have an ACC-SEC. You're going to have a big 10, big 12. I could see this where all the ACC SECs on ESPN for a week. All the big 12, big 10s on FS1 for a week. That's, that's basically what we're looking at. It'll be interesting to see if the Gavit games expire, where the big East fits into this whole equation, because they have a deal with the big 12 guys. And that's the one problem, Rob, the big East, big 12 is this week. And the two leagues have agreed on this week. It starts up tomorrow with Baylor and Marquette. You've got Texas and Creighton Thursday night from Austin. What a, are you kidding me? What a huge game down in Austin. Another one for the horns and the blue Jays. So that's this week here between big East and big 12. I think you're going to see big 12 and big 10 get together off this. I think you'll see the big 10 adjust, but yeah, it was a no-brainer. This is a television thing, folks. Because the ESPN and the Big Ten have broken off their marriage, neither party is going to do a conference challenge with each other. That's just how it is.
1: Yeah, that's that's one of the the downfalls of the business of college sports. As things like this go away, I don't I I don't <clears throat> entirely hate it. You know, I I I I, I, can, I can kind of get behind changing some of those matchups. Right, like now we might be able to get. Um, duke playing arkansas yes that'd be that would be that'd be interesting right we can get north carolina going up against someone like a tennessee we can get another north carolina alabama matchup and maybe we get another four overtime snooze fist you know it's uh (laughs) it's not it's not the worst thing in the world things change but there are going to be great games they we just have to find a way to make sure that the start of the season is not just completely dull right i'm happy yeah sorry my bad (laughs) <laughs> Go ahead, D- do what you got.
3: <laughs> See what you got to say, man. What's- I hate. I, I'm sorry for doing that. I, I, uh, I'm happy because in proximity, the ACC, SEC, just makes sense too. And there's a lot of trash talk between the conferences because there's some crossover. There's Georgia. There's Georgia Tech. There's South Carolina. There's Clemson. There's Florida State. There's Florida. Like there's a lot right here, and it's close. And you know, Georgia Tech's two hours away from Auburn. Like Clemson's three hours away from Tennessee. Like there's a lot of proximity, and and I to be honest with you, as much as I enjoyed playing in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, like for me getting fired up to go way up and play Minnesota, it's like, is it right. there? Right? How about like,
2: Missouri, Kansas? Right. Well, wait, Big Twelve. That's Big 12. But
1: but, I was going to say, are you telling us something about where's Kansas going? Breaking news? Breaking news. Oh, John Fanta of Fox Sports. According to John Fanta of Fox Sports, Kansas (laughs) is going to the East. According to John Fanta of Fox Sports, Kansas is headed. To the big east. You guys heard it here. No, first no, no, on the no, 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 no. Breaking news. Breaking no. news. <laughs>
2: well, and remember, uh, Terrence, with the SEC thing, I mean, you got Texas and Oklahoma joining too. Like, it's.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: You know, I, there's so much. There's so yeah. many different possibilities, and I'm with you. Like, guys, I got to be honest with you. Uh, the, the, it's part of the Big Ten ACC's also gotten a little bit, a little bit stale. Because like, you don't get
1: the, you don't get the great matchups, right? You don't, you, you, you never, some. you never necessarily get exactly what you want. It, it is what it is. Anyway, um, let's get into the overreactions for uh, this week. Um, I, I got some good ones for you, right? I got six of them written down. We're gonna start with this. Uh, to, I'm going to you first on this one. Is the Big East now the best basketball conference in America since they've added Kansas? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Sure all right, no. It. In all seriousness, Purdue is oh. the best team in college basketball. To overreaction, underreaction, proper reaction.
3: What do you think? I, I'm overreaction overreaction right now they're playing as well as anybody Uh, i'll throw it that way i I really like texas i think i still think houston's really really good i love virginia too uh the purdue has somebody nobody else does and zach Eady. that's a huge thing but as as of right now i think purdue is playing as well as anybody i'm not sure they're the best team in the country even though they had a terrific performance i really like purdue i love it's just college basketball is good this year and they still have they, they still have to be consistent from the perimeter consistently. If they can do that, there's not a lot of teams that can guard them. And they all fit together really, really well. The puzzle pieces fit. And when the puzzle pieces fit like that, if guys are willing to play together, it's going to look really good early. Uh, are they going to be the best team in the country in two months? I don't know. Uh, as of right now, I think it, it could definitely be said that they're playing as well as anybody.
2: The Purdue Boilermakers deserve to be ranked in the top three of the AP Top 25 on on this Monday. It is an overreaction to say that they are the best team in college basketball, but they have played the best basketball, and they just completed two games in which they outscored Gonzaga and Duke by a combined 159 to 122. They commanded both the Zags and the Blue Devils.
1: I got a stat for you, Phantom. They are the first... And they held Duke. Well, the, how about this? They are the first team to win back-to-back games against top 10 teams by more than 18 points since 1968 UCLA before Kareem Abdul-Jabbar became... Uh, changed his name from Lew Alcinder. That's how long ago it was.
2: What makes me more bullish on Purdue than if you asked me about another Purdue team being the best in college basketball is I could say that's an overreaction, Rob, because they don't play defense. That is not true right now. This team is invested on the defensive end of the floor. And how could you not be when you have a seven foot four monster inside? You've got freshmen who have surprised all of us between Brayden Smith and Fletcher lawyer, what they've been able to do. They've exceeded my expectations. They fit right in. And guys, Ethan Morton is one of the most efficient guards in America right now. He's at 31 assists on the year to seven turnovers. I think the only line that's even comparable to that at this point is Ryan Nemhart over at Creighton is right around there. Morton is making plays for other people. He's dishing the basketball extremely well. But this this shouldn't come off as that much of a surprise. And the reason for it is Matt Painter could have any guards walk in and be able to develop, be able to hone in on them. Now you give Matt Painter a big man, an Edie, who's only gotten better. Here's the thing. It's a slight overreaction that Purdue is the best team in college basketball because honestly, Rob, I don't know who the best team in college basketball is, but I know Purdue's playing as well as anybody. Here's what's not an overreaction. At this moment, Zach Eady is the most impactful player in college basketball.
1: Yeah, you could build everything around him. What, what Purdue is so good at, and what Matt Painter is so good at, is getting guys to buy into the specific job that they're supposed to be doing and having people understand exactly what that job is. Um, that's, that's not an easy thing to do when everyone has a certain level of expectation, but I think he does a very good job identifying personalities, right? Identifying guys that aren't going to be me first, identifying guys that are going to worry be worried about Purdue winning more than how many shots I get and how many, how many points I get. And that's not necessarily an easy thing to do when you're recruiting 18, mm-hmm. uh, 16, 17, 18 year old kids, you know, you're kind of, uh, playing armchair psychologist um uh, for what a child is going to be when they turn into an adult. So it's it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do with that. Um I think that they are they are right up there with the best teams in America. I think you guys are exactly right. I would not be shocked if they ended up being ranked number one of the country at some point. They were ranked number one of the country uh at one point last season. So TO um, right. Yeah. Are they are they better than last year's team, the one that had Jaden Ivey, the one that had Trevion Williams. Um, is that is that an overreaction? Is that something where you're like, nah, no, nah, come on, man, what are you doing, Rob? What are you talking? I, about? I don't.
3: The, here's the thing: like this team has the ability to improve because they're playing three freshmen significant minutes. Lawyer Smith and Kaufman ran like they're both getting a. The, all three of those guys are getting a lot of minutes. Those guys are going to continue to improve. This team doesn't have that go-to factor like Jaden Ivy was last year, and I know he struggled whenever they got beat in the tournament, but like. He gave them a different level of, hey, we need something right now. Who yes. can get us something without having, without needing it fed in there, or fed in there, feeded? Without needed, fed without needing it fed in there. So uh, I, I think that's the biggest difference between that team and this and this team. Um, the Travion Williams thing is interesting to me because sometimes I felt like he and Zach Eady were both really, really top 10 five men in college basketball, but they kind of, conflicted with each other's games this year there's only one of them and you see the result of it because zach edie has been so good like he's just getting more minutes he's being featured more and he's getting comfortable in his role his numbers are absurd every game that they've had this year he's been the mvp according to kim Pong. Mm -hmm. every game and a lot of that just has to do with i think he probably could have done that last year but he was splitting minutes so now they know how to play around him uh, he's the guy in there so that you get to be a little bit more stable in what you do offensively. They don't have that spark plug and that go get you one guy like they had with Jaden Ivey. I think that's the biggest difference.
1: Yeah, but they also – I think they're guarding better this year than they did
3: last they year. They were. They are. Yeah. And there's more of an emphasis. Yeah, And you have to. When you're not as talented, you better guard. Yeah. I, I would say this Purdue team isn't quite as talented as last year. Jaden Ivey was a top five pick in the NBA draft. So, like, I'm not yeah, there's talking big- out of turn here. But, like – you have to do all the other things well. Ball movement has to be crisp, all that stuff. And this team's doing that, and they're going to continue to do that. But, and I think they'll only get better. They're not as talented this year, but uh, they're playing better together this year, and they're going to improve.
1: Yep. Fanta, you said that you think Purdue is uh, like a clear-cut top three team. Who are the two teams that you would rank above them?
2: Yes. Houston is still my number one because I'm being stubborn. Even though they they didn't play like it against Kent State, but I really do believe in the Cougars.
1: The, I'll, I'm go, I'm willing to chalk that up to playing on a Saturday, two days after Thanksgiving, when you're not in an NTE, probably in what was an empty uh, for what is it the Fortita Center, Fortita, Fortita, yeah, yeah.
2: Fertitta. It Sounds like yeah, it sounds like like a breakfast quiche. <laughs> uh, that's what it sounds like.
3: It, it it does. That that's the guy who who runs the UFC, right?
2: Yes, Lorenzo Fortita. Yeah. yeah. yeah they've they've got money pouring in there uh, yeah. for Titus and in Houston. Number 2 in my Fox Sports poll shameless plug on this fine Monday. Number 2 is a team that I believe possesses the best front court one two punch in the country thus far this season. The Arizona Wildcats are number 2 in my top 15 because I was super impressed with the level... That All right, hold on. And Arkansas- I, I'm not going to cut
1: you off before you get going on Arizona. My second overreaction for the week is Arizona is better this year than they were last season. Say what you got to say about Arizona, Fanta.
2: Yes, yes they are. That's not an overreaction. They are better than they were last year, even though they had some incredible individual talents, even though they had three of the top 33 NBA draft picks. This team fits and it fits into one that can give opposing teams even more nightmares. I'm talking about Azulis Tabalas and Omar Ballo, who at this moment, folks, are averaging close to 40 points per game and over 18 rebounds per game. When you show up to play Arizona, you know that Tabalas and Ballo are going to do that. That's, That's like clockwork for them, and it has been all season long. Courtney Ramey has... Done a nice job here in the short period of time. He's only played three games, but he's averaging 16 per game. Has fit in, and Kerr Kresa thus far has been better and has shown really good improvement. His feel for the game has gotten better. He's developing. He's taken a leap. And if you tell me that I'm going to get good Kerr Kresa, I combine that with Pele Larson, with Tabellis and Ballo. Great rim protection. Great rebounding. The ability to throw in wrinkles. We we're watching it right now in college basketball with another team that you're going to talk about. One that's out in stores, Connecticut. When you have the combination of four or five play, when you have bigs that can do different things, and you could create wrinkles and spacing and all those types of things. Guys, like we got to put respect on Tommy Lloyd's name
0: yes. because as much
2: as much as he inherited great talent. He's doing a terrific job of molding that talent to fit really well. It's not an overreaction. I think Arizona is the best team in the Pac-12.
1: Yeah, I think that they are too. They are unbelievable running the floor. Zulus Tubellas is uh, – T.O. His ability to, to – like we talk about quick, quick release with shooters, right? Mm-hmm. Normally that's what you think of as guys that are – coming off of a screen and getting a shot up. That dude's got a quick release in the post where as soon as he catches that it's up off the glass, it's up, uh, you got a little jump hook going in. It, it's almost, it makes him very difficult to defend in the post. And I think that the combination of him and Umar Ballo has, has just been, um, Been so dominant. And uh, you mentioned Kirk Risa. We got a a Kirk Risa T-shirt. We partnered with Kirk Risa. Check out the merch store, field of 68.shop. You're talking about shameless plugs, Fanta. There you go. Completely shameless. Field of 68.shop. You got to go find that headband, Kerr T-shirt. I also did get, I I did a little bit of investigating. You know how he had the the thinner headband on playing in Maui? Yeah. What happened there? So um, it was humid in the gym. Wearing the thick headband left him a little bit too sweaty. So he went with the uh, the thinner headband. I did some reporting on this. It was something that was bothering me. I got to the bottom of it. That is directly uh, from uh, from a source. Let's just say very close to uh, to Kirk. To it is Kirk, Kirk. Arisa. It is Kirk Carissa,
3: Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <Directed from you. laughs> no, I, I, I'm uh, amazed at how much he's improved. Like just from a stability factor, like he's still this explosive score, but he's not losing his mind every time something good happens or he's not losing his mind every time something bad happens. And this play isn't affecting the next play and the next play after that. That that was his biggest downfall last year, in my opinion. But he's really improved. He's a nice player, a really, really good player. I'm a sucker for a two big lineup. Like, I love it. We don't see enough of it these days. And whenever you have two guys that you don't have to be the fastest guy, but you have to put the effort in to run the floor. And both of those guys really do that. Uh, I'm going to go overreaction. Uh, This team is better than last year's team, just to be the contrarian, as Fanta says. But last year's team had a lot more length. Last year's team had more depth. They're, They're six deep right now, really. I mean, if if you're looking from a production standpoint, Cedric Henderson's kind of that extra guy after that, like, is there any sort of significant production? I would argue not yet. That I, being said, I, I think it ball's there. a nice player. Yes, I, I think uh, Kylan Boswell will get there. He's still figuring it out. It, the game is really fast for him right now. Mm hmm like the game is flying for him and it look no further than when they were playing San Diego State and the little guard that they had the transfer good player Tremel. um Darian Tremmel yeah him yeah. he like he got up there and pressured Boswell and Boswell just he was playing around with it like you get you just got to get that sucker past half court and then let everybody else work for you he doesn't realize that stuff yet cuz he's played with the ball so much and and especially at the high school level so like he's got to adjust by the end of the season it could be this team is doesn't have the length that last year's team does, uh, but I like this Ballo to Bellis combo at the four or five. They're going to overwhelm people at those spots. It's just the length isn't quite as quite what it was, and I'm not sure the 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 top level talent is quite what it was. But they fit together better. I think that's what you're looking at Arizona at.
1: Um, for me, it's the it's the defensive end. You, you lose uh, Dale and Terry. Um, who was just like a shutdown guy and a perfect mm-hmm. versatile piece. And you lose Christian Coloco, who was one of the best defensive defenders that you're going to find. And again, switchable shot blocker, rotate out on the perimeter. I don't think that this team is, is quite as good defensively. I do think that they are much better on the offensive end and they're going to be much more of like an efficient, just kind of mow you down kind of an offense. And mm-hmm. uh, that, I think that speaks volumes to what Tommy Lloyd can do and the way that he can get people to kind of buy into his system. Fanta, you mentioned UConn overreaction number three hey that being
3: said that being said to mow you down offense they're number one in the country in pace still yes like that's that's what's unique about them like they're playing two bigs and they're still the fastest team in the country that's that's unique yeah because they i mean
1: that's that's all literally as soon as they get a rebound Tubelis is gone sprinting dead sprint and and the the impressive thing to you he's doing that in like the with two minutes left of a in the game right it's not just like the first half that he's doing that he's mm-hmm. doing it for 40 minutes every second that he's on the floor and you yeah and they're shoot,
3: and the, keep in mind the shooting on this team is a lot better too yes like yeah. they're spacing the floor for those bigs they're shooting 45 percent as a team
1: it's amazing how much they can space the floor when they have two big guys that are playing out there and it's not like two right the guy that you necessarily want shooting a bunch of threes All um banta right. you mentioned yukon my third overreaction is that yukon is a top five team in america this year
2: Top 10, top 10. I don't know if I'm ready to say top five because let's start with the really good. This team is as deep as any team in college basketball. Any team. If you if you had me do depth rankings, I would probably put UConn number one because they fit hmm. Dan Hurling. This is a team that really fits Danny Hurling and to be able to to do what UConn wants to do they play so hard they come at you in waves they rebound the ball i mean they out rebounded Iowa state it was comedic it was 48 to 19 on the glass 48 to 19 against a team out of the big 12 that's unbelievable they, for a big man to win the PK-85 Invitational MVP Award. And for the big man not to be named Adama Sonogo shows that's, you how that's, deep. That's ludicrous, is.
1: by the way. That is, that, that is completely. I told bananas. you last night, Rob. Yeah, I know. It just it completely blows. Donovan Klingon played 11 minutes against Alabama. He played 19. Like, what? what how well, did he? He, he was nice awesome. Buyers. Look, he was awesome against Iowa State. I don't want to take that away from him. But you're going to tell me that that dude was the best player on UConn last Who week? Voted. He played 11 minutes against Alabama. What Who we voted
2: that on that? I don't know who voted on that. I can tell you what happened. I can tell you what happened. It was, make no mistake about it, it was someone going to UConn Sports Info Director, Phil Chartis. Phil Chartis going to his coaching staff and the coaching staff saying, hey, let's let's give the freshman class some love. We we don't want egos with the upperclassmen. So let's give Kling an MVP and Caraban. We'll put Caraban on the all-tournament team. Guys, if anything, if you want to make an argument about anyone, I would argue Andre Jackson. Could have been MVP because I thought Andre Jackson's fingerprints were all over this tournament and all over the game against Iowa State. 10 points, 13 rebounds, five assists. Five assists. He was great. Connecticut has it. They are loaded. They're extremely dangerous to play. I don't think they're top, I don't know about if I'm ready to say top five, but I am ready to say this. They're a top 10 team in the country. They're the best they've been since their national championship season in 2013-14. And what I love about them is they don't have to have Jordan Hawkins and Andama Sonogo be great for them to win. And that, to me, is really, really good. It bodes well for them. And I will say this. At the start of this season, I said this. Creighton is the clear front runner in the Big East. That is no longer the case. Creighton is great, but so are the Connecticut Huskies. And there is going to be a race at the top of the Big East between the Blue Jays and Connecticut.
1: Here's here's an amazing stat for you. UConn beat Iowa State, who just knocked off number one, North Carolina. They beat Iowa State by 18 points. You can go Jordan ahead and Hawkins number played. one,
3: Carolina. They're still
1: number one. It's 10.36 in the morning right now, and they are still number one in the AP poll, number one in the coach's poll. So I can say it at this very moment. Disappointing uh, team. And, so anyway far. Anyway, Jordan Hawkins played six minutes. He got a technical foul early in the second half last night. I don't think he came back in. Right, I don't think he came back into the game at the end. That was his fourth foul, and then they just sat him the rest of the game. Um, Adonis Sonogo played 22 minutes, five shots. The two guys that we said have to be superstars – I remember this on the Biggie show. We said they have to be superstars for the, for UConn to have a chance to win combined for six points on nine field goal attempts, and UConn beat Iowa State by 18.
3: That says a lot, Yep. I think.
2: Yes. They're yes, not, absolutely. they're
3: legitimately nine deep. And Donovan Klingon just changes it. Like they, they have so many different ways they can score. They, it, Andre Jackson, man, he's really impressed early. He's just playing, he's just exuding confidence at this point in the season. Like you can tell, it's like, not
1: always a good thing, man. We talked about it last night because Andre um, can make some highlight real plays and he can also do some things that is just like, what the hell was that? Yeah. But what do you, he, what do you, what do you, I, you see there?
3: Yeah, I, I'm I'm with you. I, I also think like he's improved a, a lot, and he's just he he explodes off the off the screen whenever you're watching him play. Like bouncing, he had a couple of blocks yesterday during our show. We did the after dark show last night. That was just like holy cow! Like climbing the rim, and they have guys that you can run offense for. Jordan Haw- like Jordan Hawkins. You can run offense. You can set some down screens. You can run some floppy action. For yes. You have you have guys that you can throw it in the post, Adama Sanogo. You have pick-and-roll guys. Uh, I think Hassan Diara is a very good player. And then you have a lob threat in Donovan yes. Klingit. You can score in so many different ways. Yes. And they guard.
2: They, they guard and they move without the basketball. Mm-hmm. And no, and nobody has impressed me more in the way he moves without the basketball than Alex Caravan. I think this kid has a chance to be one of the great UConn players because I think he's going to stay around. I think he could be a three, four year player. Like I I love him, love his game, love the way he plays. He's committed. He's so committed. He has no social life and you know, like he, he loves basketball. He's going to tell you that. And if you want to get better at basketball, go to snowy stores, because you could you could hoop all you could <laughs> there's hoop nothing
3: all. there but reins. There's
2: nothing exactly, exactly. There's nothing there but orange balls and orange rims and and that's what he can do. I, I love their makeup. I mean, I, I think like you said, they run really good action, but now the action's working. You know why? They got shot makers. Joey calcaterra has been better than I thought he would be. He hits big shots for this team and has come up big. And you said it Hassan Diara at Texas AM. Versus Hassan Diarra at UConn. It just fits better at UConn. Kids mm-hmm. from Queens. He's got a New York City game. He's tough. He makes things happen. And, and Aline hasn't necessarily been great, but like he's just a steady guy who's, who has NCAA tournament experience. And guys, one thing I'll say about Tristan Newton. like Last night, Iowa State starting to creep back in. I think they got within five or seven. And UConn finds Newton in the corner. And when he's in catch and shoot mode, it's going in. He's wired to score. He's wired to hit those shots. UConn has shot makers. And when you combine how hard they play with the depth they have in the front court, last year's Connecticut team, Rob Dalster, showed up to Buffalo half of what they were previously. You know why? They were worn down. They were worn down, and you knew who was going to do it for them it was RJ Cole, Tyrese Martin, or Adama Sinogo. This year's UConn team, you don't exactly know who's going to do it on a given night. And for what Dan Hurley preaches and for what their style is with how hard they go up and down, they can, they're a legit, I love that you use the word legit, T.O., a legit nine deep America. This is not some fake. They're deep. They're deep. They're low. They got pieces. They got this. Like when they come to, no no offense, when they come to the TV studio and you hear an analyst just drop, like they're deep. They got talent. They got this. No, no, no. Connecticut is that deep.
0: Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
1: They got a bunch of guys that that understand what their job is and embrace what their job is, right? That's the role allocation and role acceptance are two of the most important things when you are that deep, right? Joey, Joey California knows that when he's coming off the bench, he's coming in there to make a couple shots and then get back out, right? Um, Andre Jackson knows that his job on the defensive end is to just fuck shit up. That's really all he's out there to do. Go out there, run around, be the insane athlete the non-human that you are block some shots get some steals go get some rebounds you shouldn't get go save a ball out of bounds that you probably shouldn't be able to get to um and start start a transition get out in a fast break go get an offensive rebound cut, like just go out there and be a crazy athlete and play your balls off for for 28 minutes and that's what he does alex caravan knows to i think he's going to end up being an nba player alex caravan Um, but he knows how to play kind of within himself and and play a role and do a job. You mentioned Tristan Newton. He's just kind of – he knows what his limitations are, right? Like he's not a guy that's going to get all the way to the rim, that's going to explode to the rim. He's not going to try to do it against some of these longer teams, some of these longer defenses. So I'm I'm very bullish on what they are right now, what they could end up being, and I don't think that we've seen their ceiling yet because we haven't seen Jordan Hawkins really get it going. And that's a guy – you heard all offseason from that staff how good Klingon looked, how good Caravan looked, um, the development of Samson Johnson, like some of these other guys. And what they said to a man was like, Jordan Hawkins is going to be a killer, right? Jordan Hawkins is going to come in and be like, he might be our best shooter since Ray Allen. And we haven't seen him get going yet. So I'm, I still think that there's a ceiling there for them uh, to continue to improve. And uh, I would be lying if I said, I wasn't really, really excited about what this season and what this team could end up being. Um, all right. So here's a uh, here's overreaction number four. And we can start rolling through these a little bit more quickly. There wasn't a top twenty team at the champions classic when we saw them play, TO. Actually, no, Fancy, you were there, right? There Yeah. There wasn't a top 20 team there. Is that crazy? At the
2: Champions Classic in Indianapolis. At
1: the Champions Classic in Indianapolis.
2: That's an overreaction. That's an overreaction because Kansas is a top twenty team. Yep. Yeah. In college basketball Oh come on You're honestly going to react To a loss to Tennessee Who I think is one of the better right, teams too
1: Right their- now Right now in this very moment I don't think that Kansas is one of the top 20 teams In college basketball Now if you're asking me in Do I think that that Bill Self Is going to figure out a way to make this team Be one of the, the top 10 teams in America Yes He's got a, a month before we really get into I'm sorry the play. I just they can't shoot, man. They can't shoot, and they don't have a five man. And it, it just with the way that the roster fits together. You can't really play K.J. Adams at the five because he's not quite good enough defensively to be Mark vital. You can't throw the ball to him in the post. You can't space it out. He's not a passer in short roles. He's okay, just kind of out there. Jalen right. Wilson can't make shots. Kevin McCullough can't make shots. Yeah, they the, stink, the, right? the only guy that you they have stink. that's a shooter is Grady Dick, and Grady Man, Dick they, is just like a guy that gets isolated on the perimeter. Yeah, you play two small guards that can't really do anything offensively, right? Might be
2: the worst but, team in the Big 12. I, look, honestly. <laughs> look, yeah, I'm Fanta. Overreaction honestly, Monday. <laughs> I think they might be,
1: uh, right now, I would say Texas is better than them. I would say Baylor is better than them. And I would say that they are kind of right there with Texas Tech. It's kind of a, you know, do you like vanilla ice cream? Do you like strawberry ice cream? Are you more of a mint chocolate chip guy? Do you like pistachio? Do you want a little bit of whipped cream on top of it with the sprinkles? Do you do the rainbow sprinkles? Do you do chocolate sprinkles? Do you want any of that chocolate sauce on there? Is it more like caramel? The thing that I really like, they got down to my little local uh you're that your
2: down on That's
1: them? Strawberry sauce. I Yeah, I think they're like a top 25 team.
2: Terrence, you just saw them. They're not think. as
3: big as they usually are. I'll give you that.
2: But they're still one of the 20 best teams in college basketball. 20.
3: Yeah. Jalen Wilson's a dude.
2: He, but he's one of the best players in the country.
3: Yeah, he's a dude. They're, they're very good still. They are relying they a little got, bit too much on They just got their them.
1: ass kicked by a team that lost to Colorado. We Stop that shit! Game.
3: Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Ten- Tennessee. Rambling. If I were to pick a top six or seven, Tennessee would be in that mix. They are very good, especially when they're when their guards are playing well. They know, are it, very good, it, what's and what's those guards played their nuts off. They were really, really impressive. <laughs> like Tennessee <laughs> was up? really impressive, and and not only that, they just beat the heck out of Kansas because they were just bigger. And if they're hitting shots, Grady Dick is very schemable. He is very schemable. Like it, we've given him his flowers, that's good. He's a very good shooter. Uh, if you sit in his pocket, he's not getting that shot off because it's a bit mm-hmm. of a windup. So that's kind of the 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 issue with them right now yeah, is just, they don't have anything besides Jalen Wilson. Sit, you,
1: you said sit in his pocket. Just explain what that means, real quick, for
3: people who don't know. No, nah, you just if you keep your hand there close to his chest, right in right in his sternum, he's not going to be able to get the shot off because he brings it right in front of his face. And whenever they put an athlete on, Max Klesmet from Wisconsin locked his ass down. Mm-hmm. And Max is a good player. Max is not an NBA-level player or a big-time defender that you're going to see in the Sweet 16. Like, in, in all respect to Max, he, he had a nice weekend. But, but he's not – like, Julian Phillips sat in there. Like, there was nothing. He wasn't getting shot off. And the ones that he did were from 40 feet. So – and I'm willing to live, even with Grady Dick taking 40 – footers consistently they, they are going to figure it out kj adams is a nice lob threat that i don't know that that's the issue as much there's as there's no spacing to get
1: him those lobs though. They that's can, right that's the that's issue right. you could just sit everybody right in the paint you have one person sit there right in grady dick's lap and to everybody else in the paint and how are you going to like there, there's no you can't score
3: yeah they got to hit shots like like that's that's what it comes down to with kansas they they have to hit some more shots if they're going to play smaller like McCullough's not shooting it, they're shooting 33% as a team. Like they've got to hit shots in order to open things up for Jalen Wilson, who's much more comfortable getting to his right hand and just using his physical powers. I'm just gonna call him powers, <laughs> using his physical presence to get to the rim, to get to the rim and to that eight to ten foot range where he's so good. They don't hit shots, they're in trouble. And they have a bunch of guys that aren't necessarily known for that. So yep. that that's kind of where the issue lies at this point.
1: Yeah, I think they need yes. to go Jalen Wilson at the five. Go full small ball. Jalen Wilson at the five, McCullough at the four, get MJ Rice out there, get Grady Dick out there and play DeWan Harris. And then rotate in the bigs. Then start getting Ernest Uday uh eight to ten to twelve minutes here and there, getting him, learning him, uh teaching him how to kind of play that role that David McCormick played. Get KJ Adams in there when you want to mix things up and get a little bit more athletic and a little bit tougher. But start with Jalen Williams, uh J- Jalen Williams, Jalen Wilson, who by the way, like he's definitely never missed leg day. Like that dude. That dude
3: probably does squats in his sleep. Yeah, he's yes. a strong dude, and, and well, he, I mean, he, he looks much bigger in person too. Yeah. They're shooting thirty three percent. They're shooting thirty three. I'm going to let you go, fans. I'm sorry, but they're shooting thirty three percent with Grady Dick shooting twenty one of forty four. So take him out of there, and you've got you can basically run a box in one and just pack that paint. Yeah. Exactly.
2: That's a problem, and that's the thing. Like Grady Dick too in the Champions Classic, he came around late. They needed that burst, or else they don't end up beating Duke. But you know, I'm going to take it a step further. I can't believe I'm doing this. I can't believe I'm doing this. Do it. Your, your original question was, you know, at the Champions Classic, Fanta, did we not see one of the 20 best teams in in the country, top 20 team? Well, here's the thing. To me, to of which, to me, I still believe that Duke is a top 20 team in college basketball because they made it to the championship game. They lost to the team that I believe is the nation's third best team at the moment in Purdue. Like I thought, I thought Duke, I I actually like the way Duke has played this season. I thought yesterday they got beat by a red hot team. And to me, Jeremy Roach, for the most part has, has taken on the role that Terrence talked about over the offseason that he needs to take on. their freshmen got to figure it out, guys. They're still figuring it out. These some of these kids are are trying to figure through things. I thought Tyrese Proctor was encouraging, mm. like the role that you talked about, Rob, that he needs to take on for this team as a shot maker. I thought he he did that to a degree over the weekend. So to me, like Duke and Kansas are still top 20 teams. And it's really hard, like it's really hard for my brain to compute, even though they were a non-story during Feast Week. Like guys, if Kentucky's not one of the twenty or twenty-five best teams in college basketball, then that is a major indictment on John Calipari. I uh, still yeah, think, yeah. I still think Kentucky's one of the twenty best teams in college basketball. Your question is an overreaction.
1: I don't. Uh, right now, I don't think Kentucky is. There's there's a lot of structural issues there. Um, I will say this: we talked about Kansas, right? Kansas. Where's right the now
3: structural? And is- where, where are the structural? issues at kentucky they've got a good point guard they've got shooting they've got a stud on the wing they have the national player of the year at the five they -hmm. have an athletic four who can hit a 15 footer where's the structural it's not structural at the very top at the very top okay so that that's fine i just looked i just looked up what what kansas's shooting percentage was if you take out grady dick it's 20 percent.
1: yeah if you want to if you want to know right now T.O., you know, you know what I'm about to do. Tell me. I'm about, to, I'm about to whip it out. I'm about to whip out my Torvik.
3: Bust your Torvik out.
1: Do you know? Do you know where Kansas is right now to on that, Torvik? If, if you if you only look if you take our take out all of their preseason stuff and only look at from the time the game started, right? Do you know where Kansas ranks on Torvik right now? 51st. They're 18th hmm. on Kemper. They're they're. They're a borderline not top twenty team right now, based on the way they started the season. But I have trust in them to be able to get there. I'm, I'm, I'm. We talked about this last night. I don't want to reiterate it too much. I'm, I'm still in on Duke being good. Kentucky's got the pieces to be able to get there. In Michigan State, it's very hard to, for me to judge them right now, uh, missing a couple of uh, key pieces on that roster. All right, uh, Arkansas will win the SEC. To, I'm going to you first on this one. You got two minutes.
3: Um, I think that's a overreaction slash underreaction. And I think they're in the top two. I think it's possible. I'm not willing to completely bite the bullet with them yet. Oh, it's just a reaction. Just, it's just, (laughs) well, yeah, maybe (laughs) I'm straddling the fence so hard on that one. It's, um, between them and Tennessee, in my opinion, them and Tennessee, I I was really impressed with Tennessee. They are enormous and they're old. Uh, mm-hmm. If their guards shoot it well, they're really good. If they don't, it could be an issue. But if, if Nick Smith decides to come back, or not decides, that's the wrong terminology. But <laughs> if uh, if he gets healthy and comes back, um, then – So Fanta is
1: sending are. Kansas to the Big East, and you're out here accusing Nick Smith of uh, of ducking competition and sitting – I'm not getting-
3: the only one doing that. So let's, oh, I know you're um, not. He, if he comes back – uh, he changes their dynamic. Anthony Black has been terrific. They're very good. They have a lot of pieces. Uh, Anthony B- Black is much better than a lot anticipated. Oh, he's really
1: good. Ricky Council has been really good in the nobody
3: the has taken Black. advantage of a transfer more than Ricky Council. The four, like that dude, has been really, really good. He's big. He looks bigger in an Arkansas uniform for whatever reason. But like he, he's really, he's a nice player. And he's one of those that has benefited from Nick Smith not playing early in the season. They they did not necessarily expect this from. Like, we've seen Travon Brazil
1: come out here and have an unbelievable start to the year. Well, right. The, like, you ask anyone that Arkansas staff, and they're like, oh, this, this guy's this, he's a pro. Like, this dude's mm-hmm. a fucking stud. Like, he's, don't, don't say anything yet, but like, uh, he's really, right? They didn't necessarily have the same whispers when it came to, to Ricky Council. So that's been really nice to see. And, mm-hmm. fans, I do think that these rosters that, that Musk can put together, he's so good at finding guys that can go get it on their own, like they get a bucket by themselves that maybe weren't necessarily used that way at a previous school?
2: The best game of last week was Creighton, Arkansas. Yep. And it's unbelievable that I'm saying this. I was more, I i, I took more away from the team that lost the game. I can't believe I'm saying that, but it's true. Arkansas showed me they belong and that they can win the sec and that they they i would pick them to win the sec their toughness and intensity level are off the charts and that's must but the fact that he can get that out of freshmen there might not be a freshman more fit to his program than jordan walsh is fit to arkansas he -hmm. is nails he defends he gets up in you he makes you work for everything you're going to get. And Anthony Black is so quick and such a, a terrific playmaker that sometimes when you have a team loaded with freshmen, they have a very difficult time throwing the ball into the basket. Mm. Arkansas did a great job, and this goes back to Must Must. Is an elite roster constructor. He brought in guys that fit to his ways that are explosive in the way they can score. And Trayvon Brazil and Ricky Council the fourth are just that and showed it. By the way, the Arkansas Razorbacks have this title belt. Feel the sixty eight? You make a belt, we'll hand it out to them. I, I will personally pay for this. They are the heavyweight dunking champions in college basketball. Oh,
1: they got freaks! They got, they got freaks up and down. Jordan Walsh, Trevon Brazil, Rookie count. The Ricky Council had one against uh was this who they play in the, the the third place? It was San Diego State. San Diego State, right? He had one. He comes down on the break and he like he's come with his right hand and he does a euro step where he brings the ball over like this, and Euros around the dude jumps off his left foot and then goes up and dunks it reverse. Mm-hmm. I was like, what the, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. What in the world they're, was that? We're they're like, really good, man.
3: Yeah, they're really, really good. Um, really
2: good.
1: I'm I, have more, I have one more. I have one more. it's Tennessee
3: and Arkansas, and that's being me to Kentucky. It's the same three. Uh, Alabama's good. They're they're in that. They're, they're like in uh, well, kind of in that tier. You know, Auburn
2: like, fans are getting mad. Seven and zero on the season. Next yeah, question.
1: Nah. Next I, question. I'm, not, I'm 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 off. I'm off the uh, the Auburn bandwagon. It's
2: amazing. I, I, here's what I will say. I, I I'm not disagreeing with you. I will say, I don't think that they're the thirteenth best team in the country, and they're going to be top fifteen again in the AP poll. However, however, I understand you're not in on them, but they're not as bad as you guys say they are.
1: No, like they, they're no, they're no, no. they're no. like a top twenty-five, top thirty team in America. Like I, I think that they are. A I want you to
2: make a top twenty because you don't have these teams in the Champions Classic. All okay. right, I'll,
1: I'll roll. I'll roll through right now. I'm going to bring up the the uh, just uh I'm going to go to Ken Palm and just bring up a list of teams, and I'll tell you if I think Texas, Houston, Arizona, UConn, Purdue, Virginia, to me, like that's kind of the the six best. I think that's probably the top tier.
3: Okay. Right? No Tennessee yeah. in there. If you're if you're not, you're wrong.
1: Well, I, I mean, then I would have, like, Tennessee is that next group. I, I need I need to see the consistency, right? Like, I yeah. can't get that, that Colorado game out of my mind.
2: Um, okay. I know how
1: good they can be when they're at their best. Tennessee, I will put in there. Baylor, I will put in there. Uh, Gonzaga, I will put in there. Creighton, I will put in there. Indiana, I'll put in there. That's 11, right? 11. Yep. Arkansas, definitely well, in there. Um,
2: I had them but, ahead of those teams, but go on.
1: I, this is this isn't uh, like the the. Oh, I'm just giving you the. You're like picking teams us. You're are, picking yeah. 20 for us. Yeah. Uh, I think Alabama is in there as well. I'm 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 high on I'm I'm high on them, especially as Brandon Miller starts to figure that thing out. Like he's he's really good. What is that? 13 teams. Yeah. Um, I am still in on San Diego State. I think Illinois needs to be in that conversation. I think okay. UCLA needs to be there. Um, I said Indiana already, right? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, Texas Tech. <laughs> Get them in there. I think Texas Tech is really good. And look, I know I'm kind of going back on this. I still think that I, you have to have Duke in that conversation, right? Duke and North Carolina, get both of them in there. Um, and that gets you to 19. Uh
2: huh.
1: Right there.
3: Kansas. The Kansas.
2: Yeah, Kansas.
1: I, I, I think, well, all right. So that's when you get to the conversation, I think, where you can put Kansas in there. Right now, I just, I don't.
3: They are they're so. A, I, they're not a top 19 team in the country. I think. <laughs> 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 they're not. They're not a. They're not a top. I, I.
1: I think if you if they play Maryland right now on a neutral court, who do you think wins? Kansas.
2: Right now, Kansas. 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 I'm, I'm Kansas. It's. It's. I
1: don't
2: know. It's clear to be a good game though. Uh, yeah. I, I, I look, I. I love my man. I. You guys know I love my man Kevin Willard. However. However, they they want an MTE that featured. St. Louis, Providence, and Miami. Like, let's let's relax. On they beat three teams that, at the end of the day, are kind of like average to good. They haven't beat anybody great. Kansas I, beat Duke.
1: Kansas scored fifty nine. Kansas, Kansas 59. literally
2: beat a team in your top twenty.
1: Kansas, Kansas, they scored fifty nine points against a Duke team that didn't have Dariq Whitehead and had Derek Lively for like twelve minutes, something like that.
2: Well, if the queen had balls, she'd be the king. Exactly. That's my point. (laughs) I do like the banter. Look, I like this. We're going to now debate Kansas all season long.
1: Yeah. No, they'll, uh, my, I don't think that they are very good right now, but it's they're coached by Bill Self. (laughs) They're they're going to figure out a way to make this thing work. Like they're going to start doing something differently. He's going to find an answer. I have no doubt by the end of the year, they're going to be right there in the mix for the big 12 title. Maybe even be the best team in that conference. Right. I just think right now they're not very good because they can't shoot and they don't have a five man. That's a bad combination. Give Dewan Harris his flowers too, by the way. Yeah. He wasn't, he wasn't very good against, uh, was it Tennessee he fell out or, or Wisconsin? It was Tennessee. Yeah. He'll, he's, I'm not, I'm not, they'll, they'll get there. Mm. Right. Same thing. I think Duke will get there too. And if John Calipari is good at his job, I think Kentucky will find a way to get there. I just think right now all three of those teams are just kind of, they're just blah they're not yeah. they're not fun to watch. Like I when Texas is playing Creighton, like I want to watch that game. When Creighton played Arkansas, I want to watch that game. When when Duke is if Duke is going to play, who do they play in the in the ACC Big 10 challenge?
2: Duke's playing Ohio State.
1: Like whatever. I'm not I'm, I'll watch it, but I'm not excited about what You know what I'm saying? Like
3: I think it's a really good game between really good freshmen.
1: Yeah, that's fine. Whatever.
3: All right, listen, we've by been the way hour. By the way, Kentucky like you, you said if Cal figures it out, I'm like dude, how much more times do you need to figure it out? He had him for their, that's fair. Their trip, I know. It's I,
2: the look, same you're, preaching, team. I, you're
3: preaching to
1: the choir. Like, I've, I've, I've been leading the the Cal can't coach bandwagon.
3: But here's the thing. But here's the thing too is like he, he comes out and he says something along the lines of like, hey, we have to be patient with this team. Why? <laughs> you have had your time.
2: That was that you was had bad. your time. Like he's that was like what, on,
1: what, what, what do you mean? What he's trying to do? Team. He's trying the person, national player be. of
3: the year. Like you, you bring back shooting. What you have all, all he's trying to do with your best players? No, why do we have to be patient? There, there's you're no need for us to be.
1: He's trying to, the, the, Tio, you got to understand that is an insane fan base that is going to tweet at those players, that is going to yell at those players when they go to the grocery store, that is going to get on them. And what he's trying to do is keep them from getting getting like crucified when they go out in yeah. public, right? Take the pressure off of them, put the pressure on himself. He just doesn't he's not he, – he didn't do that You're the co- very
2: well. You're the coach at Kentucky. Kentucky and patience go together like Jeff Goodman and Seth Greenberg. They don't.
1: <laughs> not <a good> <laughs> and, with that, <laughs> and with that, the Field of 60 the DTF Podcast. It's a wrap.